Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast, bringing you the latest updates from the world of sports, gambling, and pop culture. Because you can't have a show without hot takes or a Tiger King meme these days. Know what I'm saying? Now, with over 200 episodes and ready to get after it again, here's your host, Dwayne Callender. Good evening, folks. Uh, It is late Monday night. Uh, Monday Night Football has uh, just concluded. The Giants have dropped yet another game to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which, again, not upset about because the Giants should be positioning themselves for a higher draft spot. But uh, we got to talk about a couple of things here because, folks, there are a number of factors that are still wrong with the NFL as a whole, but there is little doubt that there was pass interference in the end zone. Now, it worked out for me because I needed the Giants to drop that game for draft position reasons, but that's still technically pass interference if you want to go by the uh, crux of he got there early. Antoine Winfield on the two-point conversion try, which, again, this is why you you kick the field goal instead of trying to go for it on fourth and one because you force the other team to still have to convert. We'll get We'll backtrack as to how the game progressed, but uh, the Giants need to go for two. Uh, they just scored on the touchdown, which, again, was more on the fluky side because uh, the Giants' skilled position players bailed out Daniel Jones so much We'll get to that a, a bit later as well. But, you know, the Giants needed to convert a two-point conversion to force, uh, potentially force the game into overtime because uh, there were about 26 seconds left. So I don't think Tampa was going to try to press the issue to get another score to end the game. But uh, Giants needed to uh, convert a two-point conversion. Antoine Winfield gets there a hair early. Uh, you know, it's close, but he he does get there early, and it should have been pass interference. The flag did come out, and I know people are going to talk about this as, you know, the Giants got screwed, the, the, the referees picked up the flag, but that's not the reason why the Giants lost this game. The Giants lost this game because they don't actually have a quarterback. They have someone that they proclaim to be a franchise quarterback, but it's not even remotely close to a franchise QB in, in Daniel Jones. Tampa Bay got caught looking ahead to Sunday night football playing the Saints. End of story. Tampa was so awful tonight. That was a D-minus performance by the Buccaneers. It was the worst game they played all season long, without question. They Any other team in the NFL outside of the Jets probably beats Tampa because uh, this was even worse than their performance against when they lost to uh, the Bears on Thursday night football when realistically they had no business losing to Nick Foles. It's the only game the Bears won uh, really with Nick Foles starting the actual game from start to finish. Uh, But, you know, this was an even worse performance by Tampa. They weren't sharp on offense. Brady was missing guys left and right all night long. The defense, uh, by and large, uh, was struggling to uh, handle their gap assignments. The Giants 
you know, the Giants came out with a good game plan. You know, I at least give the Giants coaching staff credit for as bad as they are. Unlike the Jets, the uh, Giants are actually prepared week after week. The Giants just don't have the talent, which is on Gettleman, by the way. But the Giants do not have the talent, and they are sorely inept at the uh, quarterback position. But uh, by and large, from a scheme perspective, I have to give the Giants coaching staff credit because for the first time in about five years, uh, actually longer, it's probably closer to seven years because even the tail end of the Coughlin years, I couldn't say week to week that we were actually prepared uh, as much as uh, Coughlin was a stickler. But, you know, it's been a long time since I could say that a Giants team came out prepared on both sides of the football. It's just glaring issues that hamstring this team, but I need the Giants to keep losing to realize the fact that they made a mistake drafting Daniel Jones. And I will keep saying it. When you have a quarterback who is turnover prone, does not have good pocket presence, cannot make actual uh, route, uh, uh, going through his actual progressions of routes and locking in on receivers because he doesn't actually uh, trust the play that he's running or trust his receivers to actually survey the field properly and make decisions. He locks onto receivers. He, if he can't see it opening, he will hold on to the ball, which leads to the turnovers because in the NFL, you need to make quicker decisions. And the thing is, if it's not there immediately for Daniel Jones, He doesn't know how to improvise. And that's the bottom line. Daniel Jones is a top five backup QB in this league. I will say it again. Daniel Jones is a top five backup QB in this league. Physical tools all there. He can move around slightly. His athleticism is underrated. But he does not make proper uh, reading progression. There, there's just no getting around it. And the other telltale sign, Daniel Jones still cannot string together three good passes. His mechanics are not good enough for being an NFL starter that can win consistently. He can't string together three good passes. He can string together maybe two good passes. Maybe... Eh, a couple of F passes, like, uh, but he can't put together three good passes. And in most NFL drives in the clutch, you need to be able to keep putting, stringing together good plays. Daniel Jones consistently missed wide open receivers all night long, but it wasn't the deep. It wasn't just the deep ball that he struggled throwing. He struggled making short passes. Like you, I, I, I can say multiple times in this game. Daniel Jones would make a 15-plus yard pass. Excellent job making a 15-yard pass. But at the same time, he will duff a 5-yard pass. That's right there. It's it's not even like in terms of complexity. It's not even that high up. But his mechanics are so inconsistent from play to play that he cannot sustain drives because he will just blow an easy conversion. And I'm sorry, in the NFL, in a passing league, you need to be able to get the gimmies. He can't get gimmies. He gives them away. 
just like he gives away the ball more often than not because he doesn't know when to throw it away. Carson Wentz has the same problem too, but Carson Wentz actually has the legitimate talent enough to get away with it. Carson Wentz is on the A-plus end of the spectrum in terms of the athleticism measurements. Daniel Jones is closer to a B-minus. People think because he looks goofy that he's uh, he's probably a D or an F, but Daniel Jones is probably in the uh, B-minus B range on a good day. But that's not the problem. The problem is, even though he gets underrated in some aspects, the critical aspects that he needs to execute on, it's it's definitely D and below. The situational awareness, non-existent. The inconsistency in his mechanics that leads to the inaccuracies cannot happen. You know, the, the thing of it is, is that, you know, again, the skill position players bailed out Daniel Jones countless times in that game, jumping up for high passes. Like, you know, skill position players can do only so much. But if the passes aren't even remotely uh, correct, like the it's just balls are too far behind guys. You know, he just throws behind guys on hitch routes. It's just it's just not good. And throwing the deep ball outside the numbers, he's just as if not worse than Mitchell Trubisky throwing deep balls outside the numbers. You cannot have that in the NFL. You need to be able to throw outside deep balls because the defenses in this league are not going to give you deep balls down the middle all that often. Usually there's a safety over the top. You have to be able to throw outside the numbers on deep balls because the safety is going to be pulled away. You got to be able to hit those guys on the outside from time to time. You have to have to happen. If you can't do that consistently, you're going to struggle to score consistently. It's a very simple equation. You have to be able to make certain throws if you're going to be a starter long-term in this league. And Daniel Jones has already shown he can't do it consistently. He can barely do it at all, but even if you ask him to do it consistently, he can't do it. And the coaching staff keep, they keep trying to come up with excuses for his inadequacies. And I see the same parallels uh, with Mitchell Trubisky. There's a reason why Nick Foles got put in the starting lineup. Now I could have, like I told him from the outside when they made the trade, it was a dumb trade because Nick Foles is done. Like Nick Foles had his little cup of tea with the Eagles and has been living off that for ages. But Nick Foles is who he is. He needs to play in a certain system. And even in that uh, system, a lot of things has to go right in his favor uh, in, in terms of scheme and what the defense is trying to present to him for him to be effective. I don't even know what scheme Daniel Jones needs. That's the problem. Because he's so bad with his throwing mechanics you know, I thought Josh Allen was going to bust as an NFL QB because his mechanics were not good at all. But at least Josh Allen has figured out consistently wise, like he's not going to throw the prettiest ball, point blank. It's not going to be pretty. There are going to be some wobblers in the mix. 
but he can at least get the ball out consistently and deliver in a way down the field and intermediate routes that receivers know what to expect. Receivers do not know what to expect with Daniel Jones. That's one of the biggest problems that they're constantly trying to react on the fly because you don't know if it's going to be a nice spiral, if it's going to be a wobbler, is it going to be behind them, is it going to be up? Nobody knows. It's like a... (laughs) I mean, it, it's like trying to hit a pinata when you got the blindfold on. And uh, what you don't realize is that they they are intentionally pulling the pinata further and further away from you every time you try to swing at it. You know, it's infuriating. But at the end of the day, you know, it's abundantly becoming clear to Giants fans. And I know there are many that are saying it's too soon. It's too soon. It's not too soon. You've got the Miami Dolphins starting to attack a Viola this weekend. And the report is, and it seems credible that, because uh, uh, it's coming from Adam Schefter, the reason why Tua was starting is that in practice, it's not exactly clear that Tua is setting the world on fire now that he's healthy from his hip surgery. Miami has Houston's uh, number uh, first round pick, which is, is likely to be a top five pick thanks to Bill O'Brien, the worst coach and GM in NFL history, period. I know people always think I I go overboard with Bill O'Brien, but if you look at his track record as a coach and GM, it's unparalleled. No one has been able to blend coach and GM so spectacularly awful as Bill O'Brien. But... The Dolphins have the Texans' uh, first-round pick this year, and the Texans are hot garbage. Texans might end up being that top-five pick, and there are going to be QBs available because besides Trevor Lawrence, uh, uh, Justin Fields is available. The Giants are going to have a top-five pick. I don't know where they're going to end up because talent-wise, it's not there because of Daniel Jones. He's going to keep costing them games. But the Giants should be in a top five draft pick spot unless everyone else keeps trying to tank around them and the Giants start picking up games. But they're not beating Cincinnati. Joe Burrow has already shown that he's better than Daniel Jones. Point blank. The Giants have an issue at quarterback that the fans are starting to pick up on. The coaching staff are going to keep lying about uh, because, you know, if you if you tr- if you start trashing uh, your uh, your franchise QB that the owner loves, you're not going to be around for long. But the fact of the matter is, the Giants should be st- uh, uh, beginning to prepare for the draft and drafting a QB. That that's what it comes down to, because it realistically is. Uh, just the it's the pits right now but i don't know what else you can say about the giants other than they play hard for their they play hard for their coaches it's not a matter of their tanking they're just not good so we got another matchup against the washington washington gave away that first game this one's at washington uh on sunday we'll see how that one goes we got Eagles the following week. Carson Wentz 
finds ways of keeping both teams in games, uh, as evidenced by the first game between those two. But that should be a loss. Washington, they may end up winning because Washington's tanking. Then there's the Cincinnati game. And that's the game that I think is going to kind of determine where the Giants end up being in the draft order. Since he should be winning that game. Unless there's some injury to Joe Burrow, since he should be winning that game. Which, uh, again, would leave us at two wins through 12 weeks. Seahawks game, loss. Arizona, loss. Cleveland. Who knows what the Browns are going to be, but with their run game, they should be able to take care of business. So that should be a loss. Then there's the Ravens, loss. And then week 17 against the Cowboys. And oh boy, what a performance by the Cowboys. You know, could you think of a more incompetent franchise right now than the Cowboys? They spent all that time denigrating Dak Prescott about his value to the team. And you've got Andy Dalton, who was not lighting the world on fire, could not move the ball even when he was healthy, gets knocked out. And you've got Ben DiNucci on Sunday Night Football last night. And the Cowboys are literally running a high school offense because DiNucci cannot throw passes. Like, you talk about bad mechanics. Like, he's just sidearm slinging every single pass because he can't throw at an NFL level. Like, that was bad. That was bad. You know, it's inexcusable the Cowboys couldn't trade for Fitzpatrick. I'm going to get to another team uh, shortly uh, that's got injury issues that should be traded for Fitzpatrick as soon as possible uh, it, uh, with the trade deadline uh, coming up on uh, tomorrow. Uh, weird that it's coming up on election day, but that's neither here nor there with the NFL trading deadline coming up. But, you know, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I'll, I'll actually just do a quick aside. Go out and vote, folks. I don't care what your uh, pl- affiliation is. It's important enough as an institutional practice, as a democracy, that you actually exercise your right to vote. Okay, plug over, but that's bottom line. It, it really should be that simple. But let's get back into it. You know, the Cowboys, who knows what Week 17 has in store for the Cowboys. That's the only other game that I'd be worried about as a Giants fan. Again, where they end up in the top five. But realistically, you're looking at three wins. Max for the Giants. And again, I don't blame the coaching staff. This roster sucks. This quarterback sucks. There is good... There are good skill position players. But the core of the team in terms of, you know, the defense is not good. Like, this is a masterful job by the actual defensive scheme because you look at the the uh, the parts, the parts are kind of lousy. The sum of the parts has actually been pretty effective given how lousy the talent level is on that defense. They're not very talented at all. But they play hard, they clearly listen to their coaches, and they execute. The offense, 
far more talent on the offense, but Jones is incapable of executing properly. Wide open throws. With an average NFL QB, the Giants win that game by 10 points or more. Hands down. There's not even a doubt in my mind about that. That's how bad Daniel Jones was. Because Brady was not good. But the Buccaneers were getting frustrated by the Giants' defense. And the Giants' defense was winning the field position battle for the offense. It's just that the offense couldn't do anything about it because Daniel Jones can't pull the trigger, turns the ball over, holds on to the ball too long, and when he does decide to throw it, you don't know exactly how it's going to come out because of the mechanics. So it's real simple for the Giants. You move on from Daniel Jones. You fire Gettleman, and the new GM makes a decision. Because trying to stretch this out where, oh, we got more time to play around. Like, why? You have talent. Here's the thing that the Giants screwed up on. By rushing to get the QB, you missed out on the potential of drafting Justin Herbert uh, or Tua this year. And again, like I said, the Dolphins are already making a a rush decision on Tua. But when you got Trevor Lawrence and, and, uh, and Fields available, uh, in the draft uh, next year, you got to at least ask the question, can he do it or not? The Giants aren't even asking the question. They're just assuming, yeah, well, this is the way we want to do things. We don't want to disrupt things. And Jones just doesn't have it. I'm sorry. You know, nice enough kid, you know, but I'll say the same thing. When you've got glaring flaws, you have to have some other attributes to overcome them. And I like Saquon, but here are the two glaring flaws for Saquon that technically he hasn't been able to overcome. And this, these are your, this is what you built the team around. You got uh, athletic running back. Hopefully the surgery goes well, but you got an athletic running back who can't stay healthy and he can't block. I mean, your best availability is availability. Saquon can't be on the field. He's not healthy. He's constantly injured. And he doesn't block well. So it makes him a liability in a pass game. So you can only use him in certain situations. It's just, it makes you too one-dimensional. Daniel Jones, again, I talk about the pocket awareness, non-existent. Decision-making, terrible. Timing, terrible. Mechanics, terrible. He's got... Better than expected athleticism, but it doesn't overweight. Like, we're not talking Lamar Jackson here. He doesn't have anything else to overcompensate for the deficiencies. And there's only so many ways you can protect him. I mean, this should have been an easy Giants win based off of how Tampa came into this game overlooking the Giants and looking ahead to Sunday Night Football against the Saints. Without question, Giants should have won this game. This should have been an upset. The reason why the Giants lost is because of Daniel Jones. It it's just as it's just as simple as that, folks. You you cannot come up with excuses any further if you're a Giants fan. So let's talk about the trading deadline and teams that need to make moves ASAP. San Francisco 49ers. I don't know. It's I don't know if there's uh, a team that's been more 
bit by the injury bug than San Francisco this year, but they may need to make a serious decision on whether or not they need to start trading away players to maintain their cap flexibility for next year, or if they should try to still continue to uh, go for a Super Bowl push um, uh, this season. Because Jimmy Garoppolo re-injured his ankle, and George Kittle uh, injured his foot yesterday uh, in the game that's going to put him out no less than a month and a half. So you're looking at a six- to eight-week injury for George Kittle. Garoppolo's uh, down injured again. There's pretty much uh, an infirmary of the, uh, I mean, in terms of, I mean, point blank, in terms of uh, the uh, 49ers injury woes, there are just too many guys that are, I mean, there are just too many guys in the running back room that are too injured. And, you know, you got no QB. Your best player on offense is George Kittle. There's just too much going on. You know, I think it's uh, it's very difficult that, uh, you know, I uh, I say that San Francisco should be should be thinking about what the what the next steps are because Nick Bose is not coming back. He's done for the year. You know, Kittle could be done for the year for all we know. That that foot injury, you don't want to uh, you don't want to force the issue with a foot injury when you just uh, paid a guy a boatload of money for a contract extension, uh, the way the 49ers have, you know, they lost that game to the Seahawks. Seahawks are a better team, uh, right now because of the injuries, uh, to the 49ers. There's no way this year, the 49ers are going to be better than Seahawks. It's just, it just is what it is. Can the 49ers be better than the Cardinals to get a wild card spot? Yeah. But then you're still in a position where, you're either going up against the Seattle or you're going up against this Tampa Bay team. The way things are lined up right now, there is pretty much no chance I could see San Francisco, even if they get back some of what uh, some of these guys healthy. That run defense is not the same anymore. Seattle gashed them. The pass defense isn't what it was before because of the injuries. Uh, you know, I really have a tough time seeing how San Francisco makes any decent player playoff run this year, even if they make the playoffs, because that's not even a guarantee uh, based off of uh, some of the NFC uh, teams, because uh, there may there may still be chances uh, for someone else uh, to get in there from the NFC South in a wild card position. So I don't know. I really, I really think the 49ers have to seriously contemplate a, uh, calling in a season and making some trades just to give them a cap flexibility for next year and, and reload because that's where, that's where it kind of comes down to. And that's where uh, rubber meets the road. Sometimes when you have, too many injuries to overcome and 
there's no guarantee of guys being able to make the run. So, you know, again, would they be considering a Ryan Fitzpatrick? I don't know. I really don't know. But it's something you at least have to consider if you're the 49ers. If you still want to try to make a run at it, uh, Nick Mullins is not going to get it done. You know, I think you're you're probably looking at needing a, a Fitz Magic type of situation uh, to kind of uh, bail you out there. But I just don't see it happening. You know, Dallas already missed their window uh, to compete in the division by not trading for Fitzpatrick ahead of time. I mean, the fact that Danucci even started uh, and used the same QB I remember uh, in college at Pitt. Uh, I mean, right down to a T. So can't believe that guy actually started an NFL game on national television. But it is what it is. Um, But... There are going to be some teams that you see ahead of this year's trading deadline making moves for roster flexibility and basically signaling to you that they've given up on the year. I don't expect it to be the Giants because that would require forward thinking, and that's something that Dave Gettleman has not had a whole lot to speak of in his tenure as the Giants GM. So I will... uh, Leave things off there because it's already getting uh, uh, pretty late. But, uh, you know, I expect there to be more of an undercurrent of swelling for Giants fans to start calling out Daniel Jones because it's not fair to the coaching staff to call them out for the losses. This is a talent issue, and it's a quarterbacking issue for the Giants. There's only so many times you can keep saying, He's got to learn from his mistakes before you say he's not learning from his mistakes and we're moving on. The Giants are at that point already. They've been at that point already. It's time for them to admit that they're at that point and move forward. That's what it's going to take. So that's all for now, folks. Have have a good night or a good morning whenever you listen to this. And uh, uh, stay tuned next time. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all other major outlets.